Hopefully I don't cough too much. I've got a cough. <coughs> Sounds good. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Who? Whether you're caught in a self-fulfilling prophecy, a casual loop, a predestination paradox, an ontological paradox, or a bootstrap paradox, I guess you're um, welcome, still, to A Bad Case of Loving Who, where, which is obviously a Doctor Who show. Uh, Chris, are you still there? <laughs> I am, and that was fantastic. Oh, great. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm not caught in any of those time loops. But it's good to know that you can pronounce them that easily. <laughs> there were no takes involved in that at all. Just No, no, that was first take. No, first take. we decided we'd start like the show the and others. just bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Uh, well, here we are again. Uh, late this time. Uh, I don't know if anyone will notice or care, but look, we're, you know, it's late in the week. It's been... Quite a few days since the latest episode. Five. Yep, five days. Um, yep, I'm counting. Yeah, uh, that's that's been my fault this time. But usually, we'll we'll try and you know keep to the quick schedule because it's it's usually most exciting to talk about when it's fresh, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Well, this one from five days ago, as you say, is before the flood. Uh, again, written by Toby Whithouse yep. and directed by Daniel O'Hara, all the same as the first of this two-parter last week. Yep. We're not going to go through quite as scene-by-scene scene as, as we usually do. We'll just kind of flow through some some things about the episode. Uh, yep. It'll be wibbly-wobbly, I'm sure. What was your kind of first impression of this episode? Uh, well, first impression, I'm glad that um, they finally got out the... It's bigger on the inside, it's bigger on the inside. <gasps> Type thing. That's that's right. We kind of mentioned last yeah. week that we didn't think they were really showing that emotion at all, but that it was kind of delayed until yes, this episode. It was. Um But I watched the episode twice actually. Um because I had a bit more time this week. Um and it on the second viewing, I noticed that the first scene straight after the Doctor gets out of... Well, straight when we see the Doctor and um, O'Donnell... Um, I think O'Donnell was mentioning the Rose Tyler and Martha Jones, um, which I only noticed on the second viewing. Yeah, well, I noticed Bye. that, and uh, it, yeah, that made me do a bit of a double take. I didn't realize, um, yeah. So, what does that? What? What's it saying? It? She just all these people well, kind of. I think it was some because they know unit. Well, they've been involved yeah. in unit, so they must know something from there. I guess. Yeah. Well. I feel like the theme of this is all just becoming I'm confused, but I'm confused uh, about whether, because I still just thought we were in that time roughly after 
when Matt Smith made everybody forget who the Doctor was again. Yeah. But then I guess Unit wouldn't forget. Unit would always remember. So that's okay, I guess. The Doctor would be smart in um, making sure he was deleted from most databases. But not the good ones like Unit. <laughs> so that's a solid database right now. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that that bit certainly made me my ears kind of perk up. Yeah, whenever you kind of hear those names, it's a bit of a what? Um, Indeed. Yeah, but the first episode, the first well, the first scene was um, yeah definitely very uh, different in this episode. It's yeah, well, and it's very rare for the Doctor to break the fourth wall and and talk to us like that. Um, well, I didn't like it yeah i'm well i'm not a fan either yeah we agree yeah uh, why didn't you like it <laughs> do you know um just out of character sort of thing yeah he's in control and yeah i hear you there and yeah and the show's just the show never does it yeah uh so it kind of really messes with the formula a bit too much maybe. indeed um, I'm sure we'll come to it at the end, but I don't actually think it had much significance. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, we see him play play the guitar again, the electric guitar. He jumps on that. Oh, yes, the rock intro. Yeah, he plays over the, the main titles. I, I must admit that I loved it. I enjoyed that. I really liked the rock intro. Something different, but still a lot of the bass in the background and the cool sound. <laughs> yeah, at risk of agreeing with you all the time. Um, yeah, I also kind of liked that. Um, yeah, a bit of cool flavor in the, yeah. the intro. That was pretty quirky. Actually, I think it adds a bit of edginess as well, which could be what they're going for with this doctor. Or yeah, maybe. That's right, but speaking of kind of mixing up the main titles, I, it just reminds me of that time, <laughs> you remember, and I think it was season seven when they changed it every single week. Um, that was a bit too much for me. I was, yeah. Yeah, couldn't keep up with that. Yeah. On a one-off like this where it sort of plays into um, where it's already part of the episode and... That sort of thing works, but where they're changing it just to change it, that sort of yeah. is going too far. And this actually reminds me of two other things unrelated to the episode, but the first one is, uh, do you remember in Utopia at the start, um, Captain Jack jumps onto the TARDIS as it uh, travels to the end of the universe? Yep. I, I always wished for um, that main title that, when the TARDIS flies through, they'd put Jack on oh, the outside. Yeah. That would have been great. Oh, uh, it would have been. And the other thing I was about to say, I forgot, so don't worry. It was, yeah, just weird. The Doctor suddenly lecturing to us, especially at the start of uh, the second part of a two-parter, when he's supposed to, when we've seen him kind of die in the cliffhanger or be dead in the cliffhanger, and it's just suddenly this. Don't know. Yeah. Indeed. Well, then they're all running about a bit and everything. Did you keep up with the plot here at all? <laughs> uh, not entirely. So they meet the guy from 
Uguru, where was he from? Yes, that's right. This um, this Tivolian guy from the planet Tivoli, uh, called uh, Prentice is his name. Um, this funeral director. I really, I this, this is a highlight of the episode for me. I love this character and his his race. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, his uh, the, who love to serve. They're a great kind of comic. Uh, dark comic kind of um, species. Yeah. Uh, who we've seen just once before, I believe, in uh, The God Complex. Yep. Who, which was written by the same writer, so mm. it kind of makes sense that this uh, species is back. <laughs> I, I do, yeah, I love seeing him get up in the, the Doctor's face, especially when it's Capaldi. Mm. I think yeah. it's even better here. Capaldi just can't, just stares at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> And this <laughs> so guy blankly. doesn't back down. Either. No, he's really keen yeah. to be dominated. Good. But then what are they doing here, actually? They're just kind of looking around? Yeah. Or some... No, wait. Uh, They're looking um... around. They see that there's no numbers on the spaceship yet, and the guys in the mummy is in the um, bandages still, so... Of course, they, they get back to see the bandages are gone later on. Uh, well, yeah, that's... but no, the bandages weren't gone, but the body right. and the you bandages got me there. was um, gone. Yes. Still, the bandages did not escape. The Fisher King did. Mm. But anyway, they, they go back to the Taras. Oh, yes, they use technology, modern technology. Mm. A lot Far of phone in this yeah. <laughs> yeah and that seems just as strange to me as the um the first scene breaking the fourth wall so much i've no phone use i i don't know i don't like seeing it in yeah what should be a really futuristic thing uh they can I, I feel like surely they can invent something a little kind of more fantastical or something but she's just using like an iphone to webcam with the doctor yeah but then again i do wonder how on earth she gets normal reception down there so <laughs> yeah. clearly the doctor has altered the phone in some way definitely which he does with um pretty much every companion's phone nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah, they don't even mention it anymore. Just no. they have brilliant phone reception throughout time and space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and no matter where the doctor is, even if he's two hundred years in the in the past, he can still contact you. Hmm. Um, but we find out that the doctor is not saying the same thing as all the other ghosts. What? Dead people. That's right. What's he saying? Um, oh, that's right. All their names. All the names of what they realize are the people who are going to die in order. Yep. Prentice. Next guy. <laughs> Next guy. That. Not, yeah. Right. I don't know. Exactly. And that's key, isn't it? Because later on, yeah, uh, yeah. that's the mystery of the episode. Uh, Yes. Why the Doctor ever knew to say those names, I guess. That'd sound right. And then they're hunted, those three are hunted by the Fisher King. Uh, yep. 
who well we don't see the fisher king during all of this part hardly he's just kind of we just see a little bit of him um and they they split up (laughs) yeah surprise surprise and o'donnell goes and hides somewhere kind of badly and then thinks the fisher king's gone and steps out (laughs) Mm. and then gets killed yeah and then the other two just run along. But I'm not sure it was a good way to die. No, it was a pretty lame way to die. <laughs> yep. Um, and then suddenly we were kind of told uh, we should care about this and these characters and their relationship and mm. stuff. Well, um, which I, I guess... Yeah, okay. but from a purely frightening kind of thing, I would have love to see um the fisher king in a not morbid way but decapitate o'donnell and really (laughs) (laughs) really show bones and hands and feet just flying everywhere and lots of blood so that we get that real fear of the Um, (laughs) i like your vision for this episode (laughs) um well, the Fisher King does look like the aliens from Alien, which do do that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, that would have been great. Um, or, yeah. At least if she kind of, yeah, disappeared in a bit of a splatter. I agree. That would have been better than... Yeah. Well, she, did we the see the entry at all? Is that when the Fisher King appears and we see him talking with the Doctor, there's no real... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, because did O'Donnell have any injuries on him? No, I think she just got shot in the stomach. Shot? Or is the Fisher King armed? Yeah. Didn't even notice that. Yeah, I wasn't sure how he killed her or anything. But yeah, that makes sense. Uh, And what's this other character's name again? The guy with the glasses? Hmm. Do you know? No. I know. He's just... I like him. He's a good character. Um, One of those cool ones who kind of... uh, uh, Another one who's happy to kind of question the Doctor and stuff. He's really independent and in a good way. Mm. In a smart way. And strong. A lot of these characters in this two-part are, uh, you know, have companion potential. But but then that happens a lot and, and they never come along. It's good to see the Doctor challenged. Especially kind of this Doctor, because I feel like he's more fallible than he's been in the past. Yeah. We confront the Fisher King about now? Or do we... No, we go back into the... No, I think we've still got the others in the... In the Faraday cage. Yeah, whatever they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I must say that... I don't mind Clara when she's separated from the Doctor. I see what you mean. I I think I agree that I find her kind of more tolerable in that way. But then still, she seems to have so much contact with the Doctor, like in this, since they can keep calling each other. Yeah, each other. yeah. I don't know. Certainly not a rose tile. The one scary part was when O'Donnell suddenly appears in that whole thingy that oh, Clara's yeah, in the window. looking out. That was the 
one scare thing. Um, I felt there should have been more. Nice, yeah. Especially with ghosts. Yeah, that's right. You got ghosts. You got to use them. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Before Fisher King, we've got the um a bit of a bit more time travel um fun when they oh, yeah. cross their own time streams and the Doctor warns them not to run into themselves, which is you know that's always kind of fun and entertaining yeah. to see, but they do nothing with it at all. So no. I, d- I don't even know why it happened, really. Hmm. I just remembered one thing about O'Donnell. Um, it's, just, it's just weird. It's weird how, I guess, she was doomed to die and everyone knew it, like, with the bit when they um they try and tell her to stay in the TARDIS. Uh, yeah. Which is weird yep. because why are they telling her to stay in the TARDIS and not him, the other guy? Uh, no one tells him to stay in the TARDIS. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Strange. But um, Fisher King. Back to the Fisher King. Finally yes. seeing him. Fisher and, King. And this is when we see him, and I was really impressed by the way he looks. He looks awesome. I disagree. Oh. Um, it may look awesome, I agree. Sort of, but I think it should have been better. Yeah, hard man. <laughs> no, this um, is, yeah, this is one of the things that I I really liked about the episode is the Fisher King, the whole design of him. Um, yeah, I was totally sold though. I agree, the design was good, but to me, it just looked like a tall guy in in a bit of makeup and a suit which was pretty cool, but I would have preferred to see something different. I agree to disagree on that one. One cool thing I, I um, one cool detail I found out about him is uh, the kind of amount of work put into him by different people. So obviously the um, kind of outfit, the cosmetic design was done by... Um, one group of people and then there's the actor in him who's a really tall guy and then there's another guy who did the voice and one other guy who did his screams so it was a combination of a bunch of people this fisher king oh cool i will say was pretty cool the makeup and costume and everything but to me i i I thought he was very slow, and that for me just didn't cut it. I wanted a quick, sort of athletic type of monster, which you sort of get the impression from with that chase scene. Mm, I guess. Oh. I was very happy with the Fisher King, how he was totally, apart from just, I guess, the way he was written in, just wasn't very um didn't have much to do didn't last long all of that i really wish there was no more fisher king like do you think he'll come back because he gets flooded and he's called the fisher king i mean fish (laughs) good point (laughs) you never know well when he gets he may come back i hope so um i'm fingers crossed 
But uh, when he does get flooded, that was um, quite impressive. As far as visual effects in Doctor Who go, that's, that was yeah. more top-notch than usual. The Doctor did that, of course. And by this stage, we start to see everything unraveling. And already at this stage, I was thinking, the Doctor will get into the chamber and um, show up at the end. Uh, so what even happens at the end? I don't remember. Um. So while the Doctor is talking to the Fisher King, the chamber that we saw right at the start of the first episode mm. is um behind the Doctor and then he gets in it while the Fisher King goes away and sets it to wake him up. Oh yeah, this is but right. The, the um, that that chamber, that pod took ages to open up. Yeah. <laughs> you could see it kind of. They kept cutting back to that um, that bar that was shrinking. Of oh, it's gonna open almost, and then you would cut back, and it was like long again. It was yeah. Like, oh, it hasn't opened yet. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. But yeah, eventually he got out. Is that about it? Yeah, I'm thinking that is. Um, and then he wipes their memory with the sonic sunglasses again. Oh, that's right. That was this episode, I see. Uh, yeah, so plus one feature again. So far, every episode the Sonics have been in, we've got one new feature. So Indeed. we're keeping it up. Yeah. Brain wiping, mm. which is worrying. Uh, yes. Um, I'm surprised they didn't protest a bit. To that. You don't want to put them on and accidentally wipe half your memories. <laughs> yeah, have them on the wrong setting accidentally. Yep. Yeah, so th- I did not I did not like this episode, I'm afraid. I am, yeah, just not a fan. It's it feels all over the place to me, confusing, um n- not much to latch on to. Um I I don't, I don't, I don't care much, unfortunately. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't care much. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care much. Okay. Well, um, I actually found it almost, well, a bit better than bearable. Oh, good. Mm. I like the mystery. The mystery really got me intrigued as to how the Doctor was going to um, pull things together. Um, so, yeah, mystery, you had it for me. Nice. Well, if there wasn't Prentice and the Fisher King in this episode, I would have been very sad. But they they kept me going a bit because yep. I really liked those uh, brief-lived characters. Yeah. And then at the very end... Uh, the Doctor calls back to that bootstrap paradox, doesn't he? In a kind of way that makes it sound like that'll probably stick around or come back into play soon. Maybe. Yeah, it was all a bit mysterious and enigmatic. What did you make of it? The paradox itself? The explanation that the Doctor gave? Overall of these two episodes, I thought it was very similar to paradoxes that Doctor Who does often. It was just weird that uh, they mentioned it so uh, uh, forwardly. Uh, They were very kind of upfront about doing another paradox. But um, 
but the way he mentions it at the end there, it does make it sound like, uh, I think maybe someone is in control of the doctor's life in some way. Someone is kind of outside of it and, uh, and kind of placing, uh, things in like the words, the, the names that he, uh, said, which, uh, he don't knows how he got, uh, I feel like somehow they were placed in, in there for him by something that we'll find out in the future. That's my guess at the moment. To me, it um, didn't actually make sense at all because you've got the, um, with the Beethoven example, you've got the um, sheet music that's been um, taken back into the past to get him to sign it, um, but he's not there and um, he can't sign it, can't even think of it. So, um they copy that sheet music to get it published and um, all that. But my question is, how has that sheet music come to be? Because no one's had the idea to think it through and put it down on paper and get those notes into the head with um, what the doctor did in this episode. Clara told him, what he was going to do, but then the doctor still had to do it. Yeah, well, that's the paradox, isn't it? Where do these words and where does the music come from? Mm. Lovely. Okay, two two parters down. Uh, another one in a couple days. Yep. Until then. With Macy Williams, of, of course. Of course, everyone's very excited about Macy Williams. Yes, indeed. I had a friend mention Macy Williams to me a few weeks ago, and for me it didn't it didn't register because I'm not a, a huge fan of um, Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. now that she's in Doctor Who, I know who she is. Yeah, it's um, it's quite a phenomenon. It seems every all mm. the publicity I can see for Doctor Who at the moment everywhere is just. It's Maisie Williams times. Yeah. <laughs> Too many S's there, but... Oh. I mean, it's going to be really disappointing if she dies. <laughs> well, you know what the episode is called, don't you? The girl yeah. who died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but will it be but Maisie it be or will Clara? it be Clara? Hopefully. <laughs> yep. <Fingers crossed. laughs> oh, I feel mean. No, but I to know. remember what the... What the second part of it's called? It's called The Girl Who Lived, isn't it? Oh, no, is it? Uh, what? I think it is. Or something. <laughs> Make up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, until then, um, where can hmm. people uh, find you? Find me? Well, right now I am sitting on my bed. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, fair point. Um, so please do not come and find me here. But you can find um, my thoughts online at waitwhatsorry.com. Wait, what, sorry? Waitwhatsorry.com, what? Uh, and just to answer your question on your website, no, I can't. And you can find me at thoromus.com and at thoromus on Twitter. That's like thoromass. And Chris, our last words. Click to stop. 
Okay, I'm clicking stop now. And 